Hello, welcome to an unexpected podcast. Uh, I'm Matt from Boston. Uh, Evan is with us as well. And uh, also with us is Mick. Hi. And today we are doing a, a, a special update uh, unexpected podcast because we're going to have a news update regarding Fall of the Necromancer because we have gotten a secret release, pre-release copy of Fall of the Necromancer. It's right here. You're going to have to read it backwards. But here it is, Fall of the Necromancer. And this is brand new, copyright 2006. Yeah, just ignore the the part of it that says Lord of the Rings strategy battle game. That was a that was a misprint. It actually yeah. is supposed to say Middle Earth. It's yeah, it's, I'm uh, sure that's a typo, right? Yeah, um, or maybe it was supposed to say the Hobbit, but we don't know. Uh, but in any case, fall, uh, there is a Fall of the Necromancer that is coming. Um, there was recently a Warhammer community article that was released, talked about it, that gave some hints as to what it's going to contain. Uh, for the first part of the show, we're going to talk through these hints and what we think they mean. We'll wildly speculate and discuss how this will mean the downfall of the entire hobby. Uh, after we do that, we're going to talk through a couple of listener, listener lists and one of mine. Um, so we have a listener list from Rodrigo Diaz, and we have a listener list from Yannick Adams Cruz. Croon? Uh, Croon. Uh, I can't read my own my own handwriting. That's not your fault for uh, uh, having an unpronounceable name. That's my fault for writing it down incomprehensibly. Uh, but we'll see it when it uh, pops up on the screen. And then uh, there's a local tournament coming up that Evan and I are, are going to. It's a 700-point uh, tournament here. Uh, if there's time available, we're going to go through my 700-point uh, Isengard list and see if it's terrible and I should go back to the drawing board and come up with uh, one of my other list ideas or not but we'll see so with that said uh we have i'm going to share my screen here so we can um pop this warhammer community article up here and we can all revel in the new content oops is that are, are we looking at a 700 point isengard list i think i put the wrong no oh no we're not okay it's good I am looking at a 700-point Isengard list, but that's because I have I have fumbled my two monitors. So let us take a look at Brave the Darkness of Mirkwood in the upcoming Fall of the Necromancer supplement. So this is the, the next book that's going to come out. Um, we are somewhat reliably informed that this is going to be coming out in October, so let's keep our fingers crossed for that. We're going to hear about it soon. Uh, but hopefully this episode will come out to provide at least some information before we actually get the book so we can tease you a little bit and this will not be overcome by events. Uh, but this is a supplement that will replace the Fall of the Necromancer book that uh, I showed you, or at least take the place of, and bring uh, the, the kind of speculative Fall of the Necromancer book that came out in 2006 before there were things called Hobbit movies in which, in which the Necromancer actually fell with a book that's based on what happened in the movies. And I do have to say that the, the scene with the fall of the necromancer um, where, uh, where Saruman uh, Galadriel and Elrond take on the necromancer in the nine is one of my favorite scenes from uh, the Hobbit movies. I think actually probably just one of my favorite scenes from all six of the movies. I don't know how other people feel about that, but um, I am actually really excited to see that, that come out. So um, I, I guess before we go on to the specifics, no uh, spoilers, Matt. No spoilers. Yeah. Uh, before we go on to the specifics, though, how do people feel about this being the next book? Oh, I think it's pretty cool. 
Um, yeah, it, 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 it was somewhat unexpected uh, to begin with. Um, obviously, it seems uh, the guys of the of Middle Earth have been working on the uh, on the on the war uh, war in North. So with all the Easterlings and, and all that stuff, and so uh, when this was revealed at Aragon, that was that was a bit of an of like a ooh, this this could be something really interesting. Um, so it's really good to see more content coming from Middle Earth, uh, especially since. Um, it shows that, like, obviously, GW cares about this game and cares about the community. So that's that's really good. And and even though there may not be new models coming out, it's just good to see that there's going to be new rules, new new legendary legions, just like new new things which just keep things exciting and 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 ticking, and uh, hopefully will lead to future good things to come as well. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a, I guess, a pretty nice appetizer in a way to War in the North. Um, I think maybe I'd be a little less happy about it if I didn't know that War in the North was coming and we didn't get all these profiles and such like that. Um, because obviously there aren't any new um, profiles uh, in this book. Um, but I mean, with War of the North around the corner, and the fact that um, we're going to get a lot of scenarios in this, we're going to get some legendary legions to to keep match players um, happy. Uh, I think this is a pretty positive thing, and it's good to be back um, getting Middle Earth stuff. Cool. Okay, so we've got the the cover here, Fall of the Necromancer. It's I guess going to have thirteen narrative scenarios, which are always fun. Um, they discuss a flight to the east scenario which seems to be a uh, Gandalf searches Dol Guldur for uh, the necromancer who has to try and run away from Gandalf because I guess he's still still weak. But it's going to be one of these counter games where there's going to be several markers kind of running around the table, running away from um, Gandalf. Uh, you know, hopefully that's going to be a fun scenario. Some of, those, some of those kind of non-traditional scenarios are actually really fun to play. There's, there is a, uh, a scenario a Lake town scenario where you have Bard kind of sneaking around Lake town, trying to get uh, the black arrow to the tower where the, uh, where the, what is, what is that thing called? The Dwarven windlands is um, that's, that's, it's a fun and different scenario. And it's all about kind of like moving him in a sneaky fashion. So he doesn't get caught. And then, you know, at the end of the game, if he does get caught, he needs to you know, try and fight his way to the last bits and and hopefully the scenario will be a bit like that where you've got uh, a, a sneaky necromancer sneaking around all of these nice shadowy ruins uh trying to avoid gandalf it seems like that could be a fun time um they also talk about here they've got a revamp of the capture of the great of the gray wizard scenario this was a scenario um i think it came out in the armies of the hobbits book because i know i play i've played this scenario this is one where it's Gandalf and Thrain the Broken trying to run away from Azog and then a bunch of his minions that are, are slowly coming on the board as reinforcements. So it's a bit of a fun time to play. Um, and I think probably will be a good time, a good, another good excuse to pull those Dolgal door ruins out. Um, uh, Evan, I know you've played the scenario because I think I played it against you. Um, but Mick, have you ever played the scenario before? No, I never, uh, I never have. But I'm just looking at it uh, on the website, and it looks like there's like a different reinforcements table on here because because normally you just roll one one d six and you and you compare, 
and then choose where things come. But here is like a 2D6 um, with various models entering from different places. Um, D D3 Hunter Orcs, or just one Hunter Orc on the Warg. The Necromancer himself, if you're, if you're a double six. So Yeah, and I think cool. that is that is similar to the way the original scenario was laid out in Armies of the Hobbit. I think that's how it is, is you'd, you'd roll dice and you would kind of get different mm. stuff. Um, and you know, you really didn't want the necromancer. You didn't want the the guy to roll the twelve and have the necromancer show up. Um, I mean, yeah, here here it says should should your roll on the chart cause you to exceed the number of models you have remaining to enter the board, instead treat the result as a twelve. As a twelve, yeah, so, and then the necromancer shows up, and, and I think that's yeah. they they used kind of the model count that's there, and it looks like mm. it's showing you get the necromancer, you get Azog, you have six hunter orcs on fell wargs and twelve hunter orcs, and then. When you you know when you exhaust them, then you know when you exhaust the six hunter orcs on Felwarg and the twelve hunter orcs, then the necromancer shows necromancer up. Necromancer shows up, yeah. But unless you were double six before, yeah, yeah. I, I think you can. I think that may actually have happened where like the necromancer showed up on like turn three and it was like <laughs> ah, <laughs> um, and it was uh, it was a it was a scary result. But anyway, that's that's a, a fun scenario. I'm curious to see what the other scenarios are going to be. Um, and then the next one is the the next thing that's going to be in there four four new legendary legions. I think we we had some hints um, at this. I, we I'm just going to interrupt before. real quick here. Um, yep. Well, on the shared screen, I just see the title. Yeah. See. Hang on. Yeah. Make sure that you're that the viewers are able to actually see uh, this stuff here. All right. So oh, I'm there we go. Something. Now right, yeah. we can see it. I'm I'm Excellent. having I'm having fun with multiple monitors here. All mm -hmm. right. So um. All right. So there was the title. Here's this was the capture of the gray wizard. Now we're going to go down and we're going to talk about legendary legions. So we've got four legendary legions um, and they give us kind of hints of what the legendary legion special rule is supposed to be. Uh, the first one being um, the all Mirkwood Ranger legendary legion that everyone was asking for. Surely somebody was asking for that, but apparently you can get it now. And I guess it's going to come with a special rule where you can duck and dodge behind trees to avoid incoming attacks. Um, do you have any thoughts on what that's all about? Well, well I, hmm. <laughs> I mean, they go, give us basically, they give us basically nothing here. Yeah. Um, so I can, I, I have no idea what that rule would be. I don't know if it's like, if you're in the woods or something, you get like a fury save or. Boy, I um, really hope it's not that. I really hope it's not mm -hmm. woods dependent where you're like, here's my brand new legendary legion of, of Mirkwood Rangers, guys. And I just spent the last four months painting it and there's no woods on any of these boards. Oh, crap. Yeah. So, so I see this going two ways. I either see them not getting enough of a buff or getting buffs that are way too specific, like being able to get a fury save in the woods. Um and them being completely useless and no one will take them, despite the fact that they're a legendary legion. And I also see them getting way too many buffs, and then the whole problem with the 100% bows will come into the picture. Um, yeah. I'm not saying that we're going to get another Rangers of Athelion, because obviously Mirkwood Rangers are 14 points, um, which are very expensive, so you're not going to get nearly as many of them. They don't have spears. Maybe we'll get another Men of the West. True. Oh, that that would be wonderful. Yeah. Um, um, I guess we'll see. We'll see what that's all about. Um, you know, I've always thought that there's some sort of list lurking in there somewhere, but uh, I mean, 
yeah, I think you're right. I don't think we're going to have a Rangers of the Philian problem because these guys still cost what? 13 points a pop? 14. 14, 14 points yeah. a pop. Yeah. So yeah. there's just never going to be enough of them to do that. But hopefully there's something that can make them um, at least, you know, border on competitive. Yeah. But like if you, if, if you think of, let's say, putting Legolas and Tauriel together, that's like 200 points. That gives you, what, 27 models to take. Uh, times 14, you're looking at like another 330-ish, something like that. So you can you can probably take like a 30-model shooty army at like 550, 600 points. But it just seems just seems really plain and potentially quite boring to play with or against. Yeah, I guess we'll have to see. Maybe there's there's yeah. some way in here to make it make it. I, I, I mean, I guess if it's not too overpowered, it would be kind of a fun, challenging list. But we'll, I guess we'll just have to see what it's all about. Yeah. So, um, all right. So the next legendary legion is an evil one. And this is the Pits of Dol Guldur, which features uh, Azog and his orcs in the fortress. And they can launch a surprise attack on their foes because they found a Palantir. Or at least they found a special <laughs> rule that works just like the Palantir. Um, because they, they are allowed to automatically seize priority on any given turn. Yeah, I don't really understand this one. So to me, to me, this this almost feels like one of those um Sharku or Lurid special rules where, where you can enter the board as reinforcements by 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 choosing where you enter or even charge on the turn you enter. So how does prior, how does seizing priority actually? Yeah, like, I was thinking that, like... that wouldn't that wouldn't do anything. It's it's pretty strange. I was thinking like goblin mercenaries almost with like, you know, they deploy somewhere and they just appear and then you're oh, fighting yeah. them. Um, but either way, neither of those things, well, as far as we know, neither of those things will actually be in the Legion. It's instead seizing priority, which I don't think really equates to a surprise attack in any way, shape or form. But yeah, because someone just know. calls a heroic move and right, and surprise is yes. over. Yeah, <laughs> yes, your surprise attack. <laughs> I will guess be they happening. weren't surprised. <laughs> it will be happening very late in the game after everybody is out of might, yeah. and at yeah. that point, I don't think it's going to be very surprising. Everybody's out of might, and then Azag shouts, "Surprise!" <laughs> well, unless unless they have a rule where, let's say, they can seize priority and no one can call heroic actions during that move phase. Yeah, that would be extremely strong. Um, yeah. actually. Yeah, and I think that might actually make that, the Legion very powerful. But yeah, it, it could be a thing. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Um, although yeah, your point is valid that it's hard to see how this is a surprise attack if, you know, folks are... Because the, the time you would want to use it is when you're already like face-to-face -face and, mm. you know, you want to you charge your, your, uh, your orcs into that enemy cavalry that just charged you last turn. And that's not really a surprise, but, but okay. I guess we'll have to see what that's about. Hmm. Um, then we have the Rise of the Necromancer Legendary Legion, which features Sauron in his shadowy form and the dreaded Nazgul of Dolgultur. Having regained much of his strength at this point, the Necromancer can cast two magical powers per turn and even has two Ooh. attacks. Hmm. That sounds pretty strong. So, I mean, I assume this is going to be the thousand point list of the nine plus yeah. the keeper of the dungeons, plus you have an amped up necromancer of Dol Guldur with two attacks and casting two yeah. magical powers per turn. Uh, this 
this is going to be dumb. Um, I'm, I'm calling it right now. Um, I think in, or in some tournaments we've seen, um, not necessarily in this edition, but last edition, I know some people actually have placed highly and or won tournaments That's right. um, with this list. Um, I know, I think Jay Claire and James Long won um, seven stones with uh, this yeah. list at a thousand Dan- points. Damien O'Byrne was, I think, second or one of the quite yeah, big he, ones like two he or did three really years ago, well too. As well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, now the Necromancer can cast two magical powers per turn, um, which, which uh, obviously it has the downside of draining his will a lot, but. Um, he does have 25 will points, and I don't know. I think we're, we can assume that they're going to keep the Dogal Door bonus of him getting a free will point per turn. Um, well, is it a free then, will point, or it's, it's a free, it's a free die, extra die that he gets? Uh, if it's a free extra die, even better because he's casting two magical powers. I think oh, it's yeah. a free. Ex- um, I think it's a free extra die. Then, he gets. then that would be uh, absolutely <laughs> ludicrous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's and just, two, he's just spinning those spells off. And I mean, yeah. two attacks at fight seven that automatically kill a guy. Um, and he's strength seven too, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, he is. So, he used to be unarmed. He's no longer No, unarmed. he's not. Oh, on, he's never he going yep. no. Yeah. So um, I, I, think, I think this is going to be a very strong um, legion. Yeah. Uh, like and you, I, like you is, can probably imagine like a machine gun of, of, of black darts. Like you just well, he doesn't go, have black okay, dart. I'm... He has uh, no, 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 soul, soul, which is better. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. I mean, I'm, uh, I mean, yeah. soul, which is better. So, so you, so you essentially just go. Okay, I'm gonna walk here. I'm gonna one dice chill soul that thing with my extra dice too. Four plus cast kills. I'm gonna do the same. That kills. The next turn, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk again, kill two more. And it's like, yeah, it it is cast on a um on a five. Um, but I think he can still do a whole lot uh, with this. And this is only this is only what we know about this legion that he can cast two magical powers in his two attacks. As far as we know, this might have like three more special rules or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, I think this is definitely going to be going to be a scary list. Um, well, I mean, it already causes terror in his harbinger and all that stuff, but it's definitely going to be a scary list to play against. But yeah, it's it, it's also possible there may be some sort of a downside to the to legion too. Where, let's say, if you if you take it as a legion, then the moment necromancer dies, then all of the Nazgul have to take some sort of a test or suffer a wound or something like that. So, well, I mean, presumably there, there, they're all going to go from from dying on two pluses or staying alive on two pluses to reincarnating on three pluses. On three pluses, yeah. yeah. So anyway, the the army bonus here is. As it stands now, whenever the Necromancer of Dogoldor attempts to cast a magical power by expending one or more will points, he automatically adds an extra free will point to the casting test. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's if that still exists in the Legendary Legion, that's going to be broken. So yeah, so in theory, he's got like f- the equivalent of fifty will points to cast two spells a turn, mm-hmm. um, which. Uh, is interesting. Yeah, yeah you can uh, eventually, two chill souls against heroes per turn. Yep. Yeah, like imagine you took, um, let's say, uh, let's say Thrandwheel and Bard. You've got two big heroes, and you've got them, and you're you're ready to go. 
eventually you're going to get to the point where neither Thranduil nor Bard are going to be doing anything. They're just going to be transfixed every mm-hmm. single turn by the Necromancer. Yeah. And their uh, 400 combined total points are going to sh- be shut down by 250. And that was the whole problem beforehand with the Necromancer was that he was 250 points and he can only shut down one hero. And so normally the hero he's shutting down would be less points than him. So he wouldn't really be that useful. But now he can quite easily shut down way more than uh, his points are worth. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, what's also interesting is the possibility to cast two Shroud of Shadows a turn. Yeah. Um, so that would be, and I can never, so I can never remember. It's the channeled version that allows you to half fight, half value, fight yes. value, but you, but the unchanneled version still allows you like move through stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which isn't a huge problem because your ring rates are going to be teleporting everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can just like cast it on yourself a bunch of times. Um, That's what and, I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And he can move through models, so he's sort of like a pseudo-flying model. Um, he causes terror along with that, so he's going to be almost impossible to charge. Um, and yeah, that, and he's all, also got another uh, magical power to cast, so that would be interesting. Does he cast I mean, it on a four? Cast it on a four. Yeah, so 75% chance every turn if he one-dices it. Yep. And I mean, you can also do kind of interesting stuff where... Um, because uh, he's he's fight seven, so I mean you can do stuff where like you know you transfix somebody in the back rank. Uh, I mean you could because you got two spells. The first spell is a transfix on somebody within six inches, and that guy's got to resist it because the you know regardless of how many people are between him and the necromancer, because the next thing the necromancer could do is, is cast Shroud of Shadows on himself and then just run through the lines and charge that guy and then kill him with, uh, you know, fight seven and all I need to do is wound you. Mm-hmm. And um, he's got two attacks now. Because and he's of, got um, two attacks yeah. now. Yeah, so he's going to be... I, I think he's he's going to be quite the assassin. Um, yeah. Going if, in yeah, there. Whereas, whereas previously people would just hide him as much as possible and just try to try to protect him now i think they can just send him in yep yeah yeah, yeah. if i play against this legendary legion in a tournament i'm gonna have reasons to be scared that's for sure hmm. all right well and then we have the ultimate counter to the rise of the necromancer legendary the legion. assemble yes the vanquishers of the necromancer which as we predicted one attack yes as we predicted contains only five models Jarman, Gandalf, Radagast, Gladriel, and Elrond. Um, so presumably these guys are going to be buffed. Uh, they, they hint here that each member of the White Council providing aid to their allies in their own way. So I assume each one of these five figures, like the Breaking of the Fellowship Legendary Legion, is going to get its own special rule and perhaps will get um, uh, some additional boosts uh, army-wide. But you know, the big thing is Galadriel, Lady of Light. So they've they've souped her up for this legendary legion because she's obviously a model that you never see on the table now, um, mm-hmm. and uh, so she can. It looks like she's going to get two special abilities. One is she can cast her banishment 
magical power on any model, not just spirit models. So, you know, she can banish the keeper of the dungeons or anybody else. Um, so she can just basically kind of like take off uh, one figure a turn if you want. Uh, and then she has her super banish, which, which they've actually exerted here. So I'll go ahead and read it out for those listening at home and not able to see it on the screen. Uh, go back to the void, void from whence you came. Um, which is grammatically redundant because she could have just said, go back to the void whence you came. But anyway, once per game, if Galadriel has at least one will point remaining, Galadriel may choose to exert her full power instead of casting a magical power. If she does so, then she immediately casts the channeled version of the banishment magical power, which cannot be resisted. Models may use fate to prevent these wounds individually as normal. However, immediately after casting the banishment magical power in this way, place Galadriel prone and reduce her to her will to zero. Additionally, for the rest of the battle, she does not benefit from her Lady of Lothlorien and War Aspect uh, special rules. Um, uh, so um, let's talk through what exactly this means. Obviously, this is something you want to wait till Galadriel's down to one will point, and then you fire this one off. Well, to, be, to be more specific, um, I'm fairly sure... Uh, this is something you want to probably wait until the end of the game to fire off because oh, you cannot cast any more spells after that. So yeah. basically, this is Galadriel uses this thing and then a model within banishment range, which is, I think, six inches or 12? Uh, 12. Uh, 12, yeah. Yep, 12. Uh, so a model within, within 12 inches suffers D3 wounds. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. And then uh, all of these wounds can be prevented by fate, but once you've used that, she loses all of her special rules. Not quite all of her special rules. She's still carrying the light of a uh, Oh, she is, yes. But um, other than that, yeah, you're right. She's not casting. She's certainly not casting any more magic at that point. So, I mean, I think that I think I think you're right, Evan. This is like at the end of the game, if I need to kill that banner or more importantly, if I need to kill that leader, um, you know, if the, if the the general is still around, this is what you use on it. I mean, there there are also probably going to be situations where um your opponent has like um a ring wraith or something like that, um or anything that's like more expensive than Galadriel, and you're just like, okay, Levar. I c- well, yeah, if he gets low enough, uh, yeah. you go up, you just banish them. There's nothing they can do about it, and they die, and you're you're perfectly fine um, with uh, those debuffs to Galadriel because you've killed a model that could be more um, more powerful than um, she is. Right. Um, well, I also just want to give props really quickly um, to Games Workshop for finally buffing an underpowered and underused model like Galadriel. Very proud of that. Um, but I think... Moving on sort of to um, some speculation about what, uh, what it says about the White Council providing aid to their allies. Um, I don't know if either of you guys remember um, what the White Council um, special like, was it like a special battle group or something like that um, in War of the Ring did, where they like each had some sort of um, buffing ability that they would give and it would affect everybody. 
Um, I have a feeling that this might be similar. Like they provide some sort of um, either buff or debuff or something that has a certain range. And this might just be sort of a, a bubbly legendary legion. Um, say Elrond gives like a buff of attacks or something like that because mm-hmm. all the wizards have trash attacks. Um, you know, Saruman makes them, I don't know, auto pass courage tests because of his voice of Kurnir. That probably wouldn't be very useful. Yeah, yeah. Who, who cares seven. about that? Oh, yeah. seven. But I, I'm just throwing I, some I would spaghetti imagine, at the wall here. Yeah, I would imagine somebody's going to give a banner effect. Um, yeah, because that's yep. that's something you see in all like the fellowship type rules. Yeah, I, w- I would say Gandalf would, would, would give banner effect just because people like listening to him. Except for Saruman. Except for Saruman. Goes, yeah. I gonna glower at him grumpily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, now, I mean, this will be fun. I assume Radagast is gonna get his sleigh. Um, so you'll have that thing scooting around in there. Um, but it's gonna be one of those annoying sort of army lists because it's like you're either gonna run into scenarios where you can't lose, or you're gonna run into scenarios where it's very difficult to win. And yeah, so yeah. it this... almost like takes away the fun from either player. Mm-hmm. This this is gonna be um, an army that you're probably gonna beat every time you play against it, unless you're in very specific scenarios. Yeah, and you're not gonna be happy about drawing it despite that fact. I don't know. I, I hope, I mean, like I was saying, I mean, when we talked about this before, I was saying that the, I thought they did an excellent job with the breaking of the fellowship um, legendary legion, which is, an, which is a lot of fun to play. It's not a world beater, but it's, it's a really interesting challenge list. And I hope this is, I hope this is the same um, where uh, you really have to think about how to beat it. And, you know, I assume the solution to beating this list for most lists is not going to be throw everything you have at the, the white council and try and just drag them down by sheer weight of numbers. I hope it's going to be more like, you know, I have to actually, 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 I have to actually think about the victory conditions here about, and, and uh, how I'll make them. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, optimistic about this, this legendary legion. And you know, obviously, it'll be fun to play this legendary legion against the, um, the rise one. of the necromancer legendary yeah. legion. That's yeah, I'm not. Fun. I'm not sure if your opponent is going to be having fun with that, but um, I think you definitely will. Yep. No, I think I, I think it might. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see how it comes. But anyway, um, stay tuned. Uh, the rest of the stuff that's in this book is um, discussion of the ruins of Dol Guldur um, uh, terrain pack, which is you know going to be a neat modular pack but you know there's not a lot we can kind of say about it uh at this point um but i think it's going to be it's going to be fun terrain obviously and i think this is going to be a it's going to be a fun book looking forward to it so all right cool uh, let's let's move on to some army lists all right let's do that cool so we have a list from yannick adams kroon uh he actually sent us a list uh to our facebook channel well, uh, a Facebook page, which you can like or subscribe to. Um, so he is saying, uh, hello, I'm a big fan of the podcast. Um, and this is an 800-point list. So Warband 1 is Gwai here, who is the leader of the, of the army. Um, then we have Warband 2. We have Isildur with shield and the ring. Eight warriors of Numenor with shields. 
one warrior of Numenor with shield and spear, five warriors of Numenor with spear and bow. Then Warband 3, we have a Numenor captain with shield and heavy armor. And in Warband 4, we have uh, Lothlorien, led by Galadriel with the mirror. Then we have four Galadriel warriors with bows and spears, one warrior with shield, spear, and banner, seven warriors with shield, and two guards of the Galadriel court. So in total, that's 32 models, nine bows, 11 might, and 800 points. So additional notes he's saying here are Isildur with the ring and Gwaihir make a really strong hero combination as they can face almost any hero in the game and move through enemy ranks. Galadriel supports them providing uh, blinding light, compelling enemy models, and restoring the fate with the mirror. She can also be used as a tank with heroic defense. Uh, elf warriors and warriors of Numenor will fight together, taking advantage of fight five, strength four, courage five, and resist to magic. And would you consider taking a sentinel or buying the Numenor captain a horse and a lance? And what do you think this, this uh, would struggle going up against? So first of all, um, Gwai here can also pick up the mirror of Galadriel and can actually carry it around and, and fly with it. So um, that's, that's one of those neaty, uh, cool tricks that you can do where uh, Gwai here might be taking wounds in combat, but then he just, he just re uh, uh, regains his pain points. So um, yeah, that's, that's, that's usually the combo that people tend to implement if they, if they have the mirror. So um, first of all, so it, this is 800 points and you have only 32 models. So uh, I can see already that your warbands aren't filled up. So Gladria has uh, four, five, 12, uh, 14 models in it. So you can still have four models more. And uh, in Isildur's Warband, he also has uh, 14. So you can, you can stick in one more model. So you could potentially have like five, five extra should you wish to drop the, the new, the new manor captain. Um, now, I believe the reason for the captain is probably going to be Heroic March because I don't think Isildur has a march. Correct. He's not. If I'm wrong. No. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he's clearly there for the march. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, well, that's 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 an interesting choice. I mean, um obviously, uh, yeah, the the entire army is uh is uh is moving only six, uh, with the exception of uh of Gwai here. Uh Isildur here doesn't doesn't have a horse. So that so like I would put I would probably start by giving Isildur a horse. Um, I'm not. I'm not really sold on this idea of of a of, of a lonely Numenor captain. Even though he does give the the march, I'm I'm like I feel like more warriors plus the horse plus plus general upgrades across the line might serve you better. Um, but I really do like Guai here. Obviously, uh, we've talked about him numerous times on the podcast, and uh, he's I think fan favorite for everybody. Um, he's really strong. Um, Galadriel is pretty strong too. Obviously, uh, with all her spells and blinding light, she uh, she actually nullifies the the issue of only thirty two models. Um, yeah, so I think generally uh, the the, the warbands combine well, but I would like to see potentially more models and uh, a horse for Isildur, and potentially like maybe maybe one or two. Um, uh, riders of some sorts in the in the Lothlorien list instead of uh, possibly the Numenor captain. I would say the Numenor captain would have to go, in my opinion. Anyway, I'll I'll pass it over to you guys. Um. All right. Um. So I agree with a lot of what Mick said. Um. I think uh, Isildur needs a horse, 
And if you're looking at the podcast right now and going, why would a Sildor want a horse? He's just going to put on his ring and fall off it. Um, the point of the horse with the Sildor is twofold. One, before you're using the ring, um, you want to be able to do as much damage as possible, uh, maybe on some troops or some weaker heroes. And two, it allows a Sildor to go where he needs to go in order to be able to utilize the ring. Um, and and for ten three, points, if you oh, run okay. into ring wraiths, you may well not be putting on that ring and you'll want the horse. That is true. Um, so, well, either way, you definitely well, actually, want actually, the horse. Actually, if you run into ring wraiths, they're going to black dart your horse anyway. So it doesn't matter. That's true, but at least it gives them something to do with before they actually yes. turn their attention to transfixing Isildur. That's right, yeah. True. Though, does the horse get resistant to magic? Ooh, uh, probably. If uh, if Isildur himself gets risen to magic, then yeah, the horse I, would as well. I, you know, I think, geez, I, I think I looked at this and it's it's the some weird word in yes. there because it's, he doesn't it... exactly have resistant to magic he gives it to himself because he is friendly to himself i don't know if that changes anything though. all right so well, we're back well, to well it's um, the is the, the model that gains a special rule all right so, magic special rule, so. so we're we're, I think we're yes. back to page 17 of the rule book where the the horse is part of the isildur cavalry model yes right mm-hmm in the same way, Glorfindel has uh, Asphaloth gets resistant. Well, gets two dice to resist. Right. All right. right. So that's that's another reason um, to want the horse because uh, it's not going to be quite as easy to black dart the horse yes. out. Now, obviously, um, resistant to magic won't always work, especially against a black dart. Only thirty three percent of the time, or sixteen um, percent of the time, if they roll a six. Um, but it's a little deterrent in there. Um, to help prevent them from doing that. Um, and they have to actually roll the five or the six to begin with. So, Indeed. So it's uh, still a resource drain to try and get them to get rid of that horse. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. So Another thing I'd like to see from this list is, um, I believe there are 14 elves there. Uh, yes. yes. So um, trying to fit in that extra bowman because you're not quite up to your bow limit. Um, I know obviously you're very tight on points here, uh, but maxing your bow limit, especially with um, shoot value three plus guys is always good. Um, and I think that there's, there's also a lot of things you want to do here. Like you want more numbers because 32 is a little low. Um, you want some cavalry though, not, desperately because you do have Gua here who can move very quickly and go all over the place. Um, and in my oh. personal opinion, you probably want more guards of the Galadrum court mm. as well. Um, especially because of how small your army is. Um, you want to have fight six guys to be able to either deter or maybe win the combat against um fight six and fight five heroes and knock them off their horses so they can't go ravaging through your lines. Um, so in order to find those points, uh, I think dropping the captain may be wise, though that does give you a bit of a might problem, especially because Gua here cannot um, call, make his heroic actions affect anybody. And if a Sildor has the ring on, his heroic actions also won't affect anybody. 
So Galadriel would be the only person calling heroics. So that might be a bit of a problem there. Well, she doesn't really have to call, like, she, she, she doesn't really have to use might for much else. True. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean she, may, she may channel blinding light, but that's really yeah. the only thing she's yeah. going to use might for. Well, either that and uh, heroic defense as well. That's right. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've had her charge into Azog once and call heroic <laughs> defense. That was funny. Um, and the look of confusion on my opponent's face was, uh, was great. Um, yeah. When Galadriel went charging full sprint into Azog. So I'm going to add that's, my that's vote. Idea. Yeah, I'm going to add my vote to the ditch the Numenor captain and use his points elsewhere. And I think where I would use his points is I would spend 10 points to put Isildur on a horse. Uh, mm -hmm. And I would spend the rest of the 50 points to max out Isildur and Galadriel's warbands. And you can yeah. probably get them up to um, full out warbands, uh, which um, I think ends up with 36 models, which is still a tad low. Um, but given the fact that you've got a bird and a guy with the ring, um, uh, I think will be, be just fine. And yeah, your march goes away, but you've got a bird. Um, you don't have any cavalry, but you've got this big giant bird. Uh, yeah, see, and I... in, in bird, we trust, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, especially if he's going to be flying around with carrying the mirror. So, um, yeah. ooh, you wounded me? Uh, okay, here's uh, three fate. Got it. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. by the way, you know. I'm, I'm I'm back to full faith. <laughs> there are yeah. there are so many different ways of dealing with heroes in this list, um, like hurls with Gua here. Um, you've got the ring with Isildur. Um, you've got transfixes and compels with Galadriel. Um, mm -hmm. You've got just charging Galadriel or Gua here into a hero and just sitting there uh, with the mirror near them and just being completely invincible. Um, you've got the guards of Galadrim Court, which again I think. We're probably in agreement here. You probably want a couple more of them mm -hmm. um, just in order to get a bit more fight six in there. Um, and uh, your your troops and warriors, well, your warriors in general are just um, very strong. Uh, strength four, um, fight five and fight six. There's some defense six in there, um, which is good. Uh, I think this may struggle... I'm sorry to cut you off there, Dad, but I think this may struggle with horde armies because um, you're really relying on Gua here to do a lot of the damage there. Um, and because unlike nor normal last alliance lists, this doesn't have Kirdan, so it doesn't have Aura of Dismay. It might make things a little bit harder. But other than that, I think it's really strong. Yeah, and I think the solution to the might problem, because, I mean, even without the Numeron Captain, you've still got nine might to do something with it's, it's um, still very solid yeah and it, the other thing is i think your your solution to the to the might problem is just to to kill everybody the, everybody on the other side that has might uh and this list can do that because you know you've got a bird that can flap over the top and tear people apart um you know, you know death from the sky and then you've got isildur who can put on the ring and go in and shank people from behind and between those two, I think probably in a couple, between those two and Gladville's Transfix, I think probably in two or three turns, you can mm. pretty much eliminate the might that's on the other side, and then then you'll be just fine. All yeah, right. I, I would maybe just add one last thing that uh, I would want to have, let's say, one cavalry model additionally, 
just because uh like it's really annoying when you're in a situation where you're playing recon and you have to fly your bird off instead of instead of just having something to run off yeah that's that's fair and you could do that instead of um instead of getting two galadrum warriors you could get you know one galadrum knight. Yeah, no. mm-hmm. yeah though though i would i guess possibly argue that having more models in recon um might be slightly more valuable but that's of course down to personal taste um and once you take that captain away it gives you more options and stuff to do so if you want to just fully max out on models like we talked about um get some guards get some more guards of the gladrum court um max out your bow limit that sort of thing that works if you want to throw in a couple of cavalry models that works but i think the consensus here is drop the captain uh, give Isildur um, a horse and then figure out what you want to do with the rest of your points um, on Warriors. Mm-hmm. So why don't, we, why don't we do the other listener list next? Oh, uh, one little we're thing. Um, yep. he, he asked if we would consider taking a Sentinel. If oh, you yeah. drop the captain, I would say absolutely. Um, if you're keeping the captain, um, it would be a little tougher to fit it in there because it hurts your model count a bit more. I know my father absolutely hates Sentinels. Uh, they've never really worked for him. Um, my Sentinel seems to end up just winning me the game um, many times whenever I take it. So I yeah. would always yeah, consider a Sentinel. I, th- I think you're too low on models to take a Sentinel. If you... If you- if you're on like I 37, agree. 39, 40, then sure, take a Sentinel. But yep. 32, I, I wouldn't do it. I mean, well, I guess I would say if you're going to do a Sentinel, don't take a Galadrim Knight. If you're going to take the Galadrim... Yeah, so the, the, the supposition here is that you're dropping the Numenor Captain. Um, with those points, you know, you could probably choose to take either a Sentinel or a Galadrim Knight. I would probably go with the Galadrim Knight. I get more. I get much more um, mileage out of mounted guys than I do out of the Sentinel. That seems to be just an exercise in seeing which model can pass a courage test this turn. Yeah, this is a really cool list for seven hundred fifty points. If you because because all you have to do is drop a captain. Yeah, and take take one more guy. So, all right, all right, cool. Let's move to the next one. All right. Do we see right, a list? There it is. All right. It's that. There we go. All right. Uh, well, why don't I read this one since it's on sure. my computer? All right. Do so it. I'm not going to be reading stuff off your computer then. Right. So Rodrigo has a Yellow Alliance 800 point list. Um, and this is going to be a variation on a uh, theme we have seen before and we'll no doubt see again. Uh, Warband 1 is Boromir, Captain of the White Tower, with Horse Shield and uh, the Banner uh, for 215 points. He's got four warriors of Minas Tirith with Shield, one warrior of Minas Tirith who forgot to uh, bring anything but his sword, um, four rangers with Spear, one guard of the Fountain Court with Shield, two knights of Minas Tirith with Shield, and then Warband 2, we have Madril, another frequent appearance in Minas Tirith lists. Uh, he has four warriors of Minas Tirith with shield, one warrior of Minas Tirith. Again, um, this is the guy that forgot to bring anything extra. Uh, four rangers with spear, one guard of the fountain court with shield. And then warband three is the uh, Gondor Avenger boat thrower. Um, warband four is Gwehir, 
and Warband 5 is Galadriel, Lady of Light. So it comes out at 29 figures, 16 might, uh, one on the Siege Veteran, nine bows, uh, three mounted troops, and one flying bird, and bird we trust. So um, let's see. And he, he says on the bottom, he recognizes that this is a, uh, a low figure threshold, but he's got two heavy hitters in Boromir and here, um, supported by Galadriel. Um, and then he's got uh, shooting from his Rangers, plus the Avenger bolt thrower. A um, couple guys with uh, bodyguard. Um, and Gwei here is uh, the leader. Um, and then he discusses a variant, a potential variant of this list, which we can talk about, I guess, once we talk through this list. So, so thoughts on this list? Um, well, I assume a lot of our listeners have already noticed some similarities, um, at least in, uh, in sort of list construction idea with our last list, um, which is we have the bird, as always, um, we have some form of Galadriel. This one is Lady of Light. The last one was um, uh, the other Galadriel to do the whole birdbath combo. Um, no birdbath here. No birdbath here. This will be an, um, this will be an unwashed bird. Indeed. Uh, truly disgusting. Um, but, uh, and we've got a, a powerful hero. Um, and we've got a marcher as well in there as well. And Madril. Last time it was the Numenor captain. Now it's Madril. And then we've got some way to get uh, fight five, defense six in there. Um, so uh, a couple of things. Well, one, one thing I noticed right, right away looking at this list is, um, is the, the warriors of Minas Tirith that just left all of their equipment um, behind. Um, and I would recommend finding a way, um, to give those guys shields because defense six is extremely valuable. Um, so is shielding. So all you need to do is find two points, give them shields. Um, I think you, you, you could probably take one of those guard of the fountain court with shields and make it into a Citadel guard with shield. And I think that solves the problem. Well, Citadel guard. To, just with the spear. No, with, I'm sorry, not with the shield, with the spear. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, um, still gives you the two bodyguard. Um, sort of fixes your shield to spear ratio a bit there. Um, and uh, allows you to get shields on those guys. Um, as for the Avenger bolt thrower, uh, I'm not overly convinced um, that it's the right choice to take, though I haven't ever used it. So I'm not exactly an authority on it, but um, to me, the math doesn't exactly seem that great on it. Um, it's 50 points and it's here and it's um, the warriors in it probably aren't going to be doing much in combat. Um, and on average, you're hitting three to four times while well, you're getting three to four shots, which means on average, you're hitting twice and then you're killing maybe one model per turn. So on average, you're killing three, maybe four models a game, unless you can get it into such a great position where you're constantly firing every turn. Um, and if your opponent has blinding light, that causes even more problems. I don't know what your, um, what your meta is, your meta is Rodrigo, but um, if there's a lot of blinding light in it, then 
I would definitely recommend just leaving the Avenger bolt thrower at home. Um, so personally, if I were to take this list, I wouldn't take the bolt thrower, but it's not really that much of an investment. So I don't think you're going to get hurt too much from taking it. So I actually very recently took a version, a, a list that looked a lot like this. It was a 700 point list. It had no bird. Um, in place of Madril, it had um, Iralas, and then it had four guys to kind of fluff out the, the warbands, but it did have the Avenger Bolt Thrower. Um, and, I mean, I will say the Avenger Bolt Thrower did good service in this list uh, because it it is, you know, with those D6 shots at strength six, it is a level of scary well and above, you know, four or five, you know, 50 points worth of Rangers of Minas Tirith. Um, people are, people suddenly get really scared of that Avenger bolt thrower. Um, I was lucky enough in that. Well, I was lucky enough in that game to not be facing blinding light and have a nice elevated position in which I could start my Avenger bolt thrower. Um, so it had a pretty good field of fire from the start. Um, but I mean, it essentially won me the game by like shooting, basically shooting the guys off of an objective, the enemy guys off of an objective in the, on the last turn of the game. Um, and it, it, you know, it did, despite rolling a couple of ones on number of shots, did a pretty significant amount of, of damage. I mean, with that said, um, I'm not sure that's always going to be. Uh, your level of success. I mean, the thing about the Avenger bolt thrower is it's a good way to kind of get people you know, to, to not go into its field of fire and go a different way. Um, that's the, that's kind of the, the biggest, that's the biggest thing it brings to the table for you is your ability to kind of force people down different ways and maybe force people into your bird or uh, into combat with you. It's, it's, its ability to influence the battle decreases once the lines clash because you can't shoot into combat anymore. I mean, even if you do get it someplace where it can get decent lines of fire, um, it's tough to get into combat. Uh, one of the reasons I took it in my version of the list is I had already filled up all the warband slots and I didn't have enough points to get another leader and a, and a useful number of guys. And it's like, well, I can spend 50 points on this Avenger bolt thrower and I also get three guys. Um, so, you know, that allowed me to kind of add some more bodies to the list. You really don't have that problem here. Um, you've got open slots in both Madril's Warband and Boromir's Warband. I think in this situation, I would be tempted just to take those 50 points and get five more guys and throw them into the Warbands. Um, you know, but, you know, having said that, as I, as I started this off, the, the Avenger bolt thrower, I don't think it is a dumb idea. Um, but you just need to go into it, recognizing that there are going to be some circumstances where you're not going to get the 50 points out of it. Um, whereas, you know, if you throw it into more guys, you know, you're going to get, you know, five or six more guys. Um, and, uh, and, you know, you'll always get a benefit out of five or six more guys in this list. And I think, Given that this is a 29 model list at 800 points, I think I'd be tempted to take the the five more guys. 
I mean, it's it's only a net increase in two guys uh, to you, but still, it um, you know it's it's more guys that actually can fight in the battle line. Yeah, I guess I'm just gonna add something to the Avenger Ball Thrower. Uh, since since it's a so, sort of a one-one take it versus not take it, I'd be leaning towards not taking it as well. Um, I've played with and against them, and yeah, the, uh, uh, it's a very valid argument that Matt puts here in that um, people don't want to walk into it and people want to av- avoid it and walk somewhere else. But when people actually think about it, it's like kind of might kill one one model a turn on average, which is like. If you if you had five or six rangers, you're probably gonna kill one modeler trying to. Uh, so, I think mathematically, it just doesn't really add up to much. Yeah, there will be situations like it's it's one of those super high variance situations where uh, you might have a game where like it 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 happens to be in a perfect position and you're getting six shots, five shots, six shots again, and you're actually killing like hundred points of models. But I, but I feel like most of the time it it's kind of like it, it might kill like two or three and that's about it uh and if your opponent doesn't really care about it that much then they will just ignore it and just walk wherever they want to walk anyway so i would say i would just lean against uh taking avenger yeah and and, and especially in this list uh again as matt mentions like i would rather just have more models because you can have uh what three more in Bormis Warband and two more in madrills but other than that, I think it's generally pretty solid. Actually, one thing I would compare between this list and the previous is that uh, Guai here here is the leader, um, and it, uh, he was the leader in the, in the in the other list. And that's something that is here obviously it's unavoidable because you don't have a another hero of legend. Um, so that's actually a bit sad that he has to be the leader and go somewhere behind enemy lines and actually. Uh, Potentially risk dying, um, so I guess I just wanted to make a point to the to the other list. If uh, if the listener, uh, um, if the uh, if the person who who sent us the list is still listening, um, in that there was a possibility of of, of Actually, having the, a lot. The person who sent us this list got bored and stopped listening about five. Yeah, pr- pr- probably, probably, yeah. <laughs> but like, there was a possibility of um, using Galadriel as your as as his leader. So just just a thought there. Anyway, so back to this list. Um, yeah, obviously Boromir is super solid, and his line is super solid. I'd be tempted to like maybe, if you were to drop Avenger and take some other models, then maybe try to get a few more Guards of the Fountain Court somehow, upgrading some Warriors of Minas Tirith just to have a more re- more reliable fight for uh, a fight five defense seven line. Um, Perhaps you don't need two knights of Nesterith. Perhaps you only need one because uh, between Boromir, one knight, March, and the bird, that sh- that should be enough in terms of fast movement. So yeah, there's there's just like a few cosmetic changes, I guess, but nothing nothing major other than not taking the Avenger. But I like it otherwise. All right. Well, enjoy playing in Argentina, and um, you know. We'll oh yeah. This- Hope, hope, us, hope to see you at an international tournament sometime. Yeah, let us know mm-hmm. like what the community is like in Argentina. Like it would be it would be cool if you if if maybe you posted a comment under under this video and just like introduce what what Argentina is like for SVG and like do you have do you have many tournaments? Do you have many uh, do you have many players? What sort of stuff people play generally? 
one of the points levels. It would be cool to find out because um, it's not a country where we, where we very often hear of people playing SPG, and so it's it's cool to see that there are people out out there. Yeah. So yeah, looking forward to it. Alrighty. So, um, so our our last topic of the day is uh, my list, and this is so we have we have a local tournament that Alex Dubois is running here. Um, it's a seven hundred point uh, tournament. Um, it, it's mostly going to be local players, so I'm I'm trying not to go into this with a hyper competitive list. I wanted a a list that I was going to have fun with, and w- we do have some sense of the scenarios. We basically there's there's three there's three games. And we have a choice of two scenarios for each game. The first one is either to the death or Lords of Battle. Um, the second one is either uh, hold ground or uh, seize the camp, or I'm sorry, storm the camp. Um, the third one is either assassination or fog of war. So my thought process here. Having, here comes the chariots. Yeah, well, no, actually. So, so you know, we did the episode... Um, uh, fairly recently on Isengard Heroes, and I heard myself saying in that that I've never seen Saruman in a tournament in the new edition. So I, I said, all right, what if I took Saruman in the new edition? So uh, let's see. I'm going to put up this this uh, screen here. All right. So um, so this is the list, uh, and it is a it is a mighty two warband list. Um, well, two with an asterisk. So we have uh, in the list uh, Saruman, um, and he will be riding his horsey. And uh, he uh, has in his warband two Crabane, uh, five Urukai warrior with crossbow, five Urukai warrior with shields, and five Urukai warriors with pike. So he's you know he's got his group of two Crabane who can flap out and do things. And he's got his 15 Urukai warriors, and then he can run around. Saruman himself can run around in the background and cast spells. Uh, Warband two, we have Lurtz, um, who comes with his free shield. And in his warband, he has an Urukai drummer uh, to save me um, some points of might to march, because points of might are going to be a premium in this list. Uh, and with him are six Urukai warriors with Pike. Uh, one Urukai warrior with uh, pike and a banner, seven Urukai warriors with shield, and then rounding the list out is, of course, Grima Wormtongue, uh, who is going to sneak around and do sneaky things. So uh, that is the list. It comes out to thirty-five models, which is, I think, about average for a seven hundred uh, uh, point list. It's only got six might. Um, it only really has one, uh, hitter and lurts, um, but it does have a lot of really tougher Akai, a bunch of pikes and, um, uh, quite the wizard, uh, in Saruman. So thoughts on this. Um, so I, I like a lot of things, um, about this list. Um, I like the Crabane. They're always great. Uh, the drummer is a super interesting uh, choice there. It allows you to close in on the opponent super quickly, um, get to objectives and stuff like that, though there aren't too many objective scenarios in this particular um, Yeah, but there's, there's, only there's two, to the there's death. Storm and, the Camp. And, um, yeah, he's, he's really there for Storm the Camp and to the death. 
mm-hmm. um, to get me because yeah. I've only got five crossbows, so I'm not going to win a shooting war with anybody. That is true. Yeah, I need to get a, I need to get across the board in both of those scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, Grima is super interesting. There's obviously the super a super scummy thing you can do um, in Fog of War where you choose him as the hero you want to protect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then make it so that you have to kill Saruman in order to kill him. Um, so that that would be fun. Um, he's, a, he's also a fun guy to run around and sneak onto the objective. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, your nightmare war. scenario would be um, playing against a ring wraith in assassination and just having him get black darted off the table, turn one and losing seven points that way. Yeah. Um, I, 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 yeah. Obviously that, that's, that's a trade off. You're going to have to, <laughs> to make there. Um, and so honestly, um, the only problem I really see in this list is that um, you only have one hitter. I say in very in quotation marks because Lurtz is all right. Um, but he's fight five. Um, he's not mounted and, uh, he's, he has some serious problems, uh, trying to deal with harder hitting heroes. Um, and he's not going to churn through troops as fast as you might want him to. Um, so that may cause some problems. Uh, any army that's able to effectively uh, beat your Urukai um, will probably become a problem uh, just because you don't have anything else that really hits uh, anything other than your Urukai because Lurts can be dealt with not, rel- not super easily because obviously you have Saruman that can sort of help him out. But he's, he's not the best. Um, and if I were to play against your list, um, I don't know if I'd be super worried playing against it because really the only thing um, that you're concerned about is that whole Saruman and Grima converse, uh, combination, which um, is, is a threat, but it's not something you can't deal with. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to add that like Isengard suffers from this general thing that like you you see it on the other side of the table, and generally there isn't very much to be scared of in a, in a lot of situations. But here, obviously, yeah, Sar- Saruman's strong. Lurtz, yeah, he's he's he he can be quite good. He can also just just flop and die. Um, I really like the the, the two Bane, although uh, I have a feeling that like your lack of might here is a bit of an issue. So you said you want your uh, Urukai drummer to uh, to not have to call heroic marches every every time, but I'm thinking uh, since you have pretty healthy numbers at 35, I wonder what you would say to a pos- possibly swapping a drummer, one Creebane, and one warrior for an Ugluk. This way, you get three additional might points. You lose two models. You get three extra might points. You have more marches in case you need them. Um, the drummer, essentially, in certain scenarios, uh, can just die very quickly. Um, if you if you if you do get fog of war, it's just another one of those targets that can just um, 
be a problem for you, whilst Overlook is, is much stronger to survive. Um, and yeah, generally, I think uh, if you had like another strength five model with fight five, it might just be helpful against against a bunch of things. Yeah, I mean, I, I the original version of this list had um, Saruman, Lurts, and Ugluk, and the model count was not near where I wanted it to be. Um, to, to get the model count where I wanted it to be, I ended up with no Crabane. Mm. Um, and yeah, that's that's why I decided to say, well, what if what if I what if I just went with Lurts? Because I think I, I think what I was trying to do was I was trying to do something with. Um, like Saruman, Ugluk, and either a captain or, um, you know, I, I was trying something that uh, like pulled in one of the Dunlending heroes and I just, I didn't get the, I just didn't get the numbers that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I was like, yeah, cause I guess the, the, where I, where I ended up coming out was, um, this is a list where like Lurch just hides in the back and he hides, he hides, he hides behind a wall of, um, of Urukai, And then you kind of slot him in wherever that the heavy hitter isn't going. And then you just use Saruman to deal with the heavy hitter mm-hmm. with magic, either with, you know, transfixes, compels or sorceress blasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Lurch just goes in and, and, and kills guys. And I mean, He's actually pretty good with strength five, three attacks. Um, and then, you know, especially if you can get two pikes behind him um, to, to take, you know, he can pretty reliably take down two figures a turn. Um, and, you know, if, if he's sitting in the back, I can, I can let the other guy move first, as long as I'm in a position where um, Saruman's not going to get charged and uh Lurtz isn't gonna get charged. Um, you know, I can afford to lose um lose heroics, let him call a heroic, especially if I can manage to keep Grim and Worm Tongue around um to to burn out some might. So that was the theory behind it. It may or may not work. I don't know. But um uh yeah, the thought was to go in with Saruman. You know, the the other thought was was a you know. The other thought was that uh, that Boromir, Galadriel, Gondor, Avenger, Bolt Thrower version of the list. That was another seven hundred point list I was toying around with. Um, I also have been toying around with a um, uh, uh, a War in the North list that has um, the Erebor, new Erebor reclaimed here. Basically, what you can end up getting is um, you can end up getting uh, Thorin the Third and um, uh uh bard the second um and then you know I, and then a captain like an iron hills captain in a 700 point list um and that's kind of an interesting list but it doesn't really have it doesn't really have any tricks and stuff and i haven't really played a list that has tricks and stuff in a while mm. so I'm, I'm kind of leaning toward the saruman list yeah no i think it's i think it's cool like saruman's always been cool anyway but yeah i just uh, I just think in, the, in this list, everything is solid except for the drama for me. So if, if, if I was playing this list, I just would do something else other than the drama. Yep. But other than that, I think it's pretty solid. So, all right. Well, we'll see. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll keep the drummer. Maybe I'll do the drummer. 
maybe I'll do something else entirely, but I appreciate your feedback. Mm. So. Cool. Well, good luck. All Let right. Let us know how it goes. All right. We'll do that. So uh, I guess this brings us to the end of another episode of an unexpected podcast and uh, everybody have fun out there and we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Bye everybody. Take care.